Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes, episode number 124, lovely to have you with us, a uh, fair bit on our plate today, Matt Kaminsky and Karen Lunn to join us on the show to discuss various elements of the game that we love so very much, but before we get to any of that, general business of the day with Martin Blake, hello Gazelle. G'day Andy, Maddie good to Cut- see you in, welcome back. Lovely, yeah, you know, we had a bit of a uh, hiccup on the morning of the show last week with uh, the youngest, Maddie Cutler, good uh, good day to you. Hello, Andy. Falling, falling off an apparatus at uh, school and landing on her wrist, and we thought it might have been uh, might have been some damage done. But she okay? Sprain, only a sprain. Okay. So she was back at school the next day. Two but, sprains in the family. But, well, yeah, my, just my dignity has been damaged a little <laughs> bit, that's all. So some, we better explain that. Some may cuts. not know what you're talking about. Maddie Cutler, you better explain that. Because well, Andy, uh, Andy rolled up. The marathon on three days, uh, three days yeah, work, didn't you? It wasn't great. Preparation. So have you run a marathon before? Yeah, I had, but not for a couple of years. So right, I thought hoping muscle memory would kick in. And isn't finishing <laughs> just okay, or were you finishing just... was all I wanted to do this year, mm. and I did. Uh, I'd never failed to break four hours before, which I was quite proud. It was a, quite, a proud boast that I've uh, that I've had internally all these years. Not too many people that interested to hear me brag about it, so I've kept it to myself. But unfortunately. With about three k's to go, the four-hour uh, pacer oh. went past me, and I tried to I tried to pick it up, <laughs> Matty, but there was no petrol left in the tank. I'm afraid. Well, it was a big weekend for marathons. With uh, oh, yeah. we might have to change the banister files to the Kipchoge files. <laughs> well, it, Kipchoge. Well, it sort of runs counterintuitive with <laughs> yeah. golf, although not if you're Thomas Peters. Thomas Peters, yes. So Kipchoge did a uh, a one-hour fifty-nine forty marathon. Blakey, you would have seen Phenomenal. that. Phenomenal, sure. unbelievable. Um, a little contrived, but you've still got to do it. Well, I think. You know, that's what you do when you try. That's what it was about, wasn't it? It was not, what, it's not it was a all race. About it's just about. It, it was yeah. called the one fifty nine challenge or something. And it didn't Roger Bannister when he ran the four minute mile. Is it, I think it's absolutely true that they had pacemakers. Yeah. In that, guys went up the front and he, he just drafted and then, in behind. Um, Bridget Cosguy, she training uh, partner. The, she broke the women's world marathon Tra- the day after. Training partner. Of, yeah. yeah. Kipchoge. So. Yeah. Good what about stable. Thomas Peters? Thomas Peters, he's the one we're talking about. Final round of the Italian Open, yeah. went out on his own. What did he do? One fifty nine. <laughs> In, In honour of. of. <laughs> it was too, and he was, was. bolting. The vision's he great, was. running up 18 to try and make sure he got there. The vision of his caddies. Okay, better. question without notice. What's the golfing equivalent? Of running a 159 yeah, marathon. Yeah. Oh, 54? It's yeah. got to be it's something some a, ridiculously <laughs> low number. It's never been done before. What's the number that they say will never, ever in, in golf, yeah, is there a number that we've come up with? Well, no Greg one... Norman always said the perfect round would be fifty-four. Okay, so eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen. Yeah. All it's, right. Well, it's let's quite say that... on tournament 
uh, scene at the moment, isn't there, Andy? Have yeah, you not, been not watching a, these these US tour events at the moment? Thank goodness the President's Cup is coming up. Yeah. Uh, because some of these wraparound uh, US tour events are just wonder, not getting my, I wonder my how, attention. I wonder how people who who have got their heart in a tournament like the Houston Open, I wonder how they feel about that. Because it's kind of where it sits now in the scheme of things. I'm sure it's lost. It feels like it's lost some status. It yeah. used to be the week before the Masters, it did. correct? It did. It did. Matty Jones Matt won it, didn't he? Yeah. Famously. And the winner got a start in the Masters. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it has – those tournaments now that fo- that follow, that, that start, that, they just feel like they've lost a bit of their last I reckon. It's yeah. flat, isn't it? Yeah. It feels flat. No Australians fight a shot in that one. No, only one man. Lanto Griffin won it. Of course he did. Lanto Griffin's parents were a bit hippies, and <laughs> they named him after an ascended master. <laughs> This is a doctrine that people follow. What? We have ascended masters, and Lanto is one of the ascended masters. So they named him after that guy. I, I think he's the, fir- he's the first golfer named Lanto I've ever heard. Does he wear yeah. a tie-dye shirt? Possibly a bit of a, under the uh, polo. There might be a little bit of tie-dye. <laughs> tie-dye. Bit of incense burning in the, well, maybe in the hotel some of the herbal, the Maybe some of the herbal stuff that the mum and dad are into. In combi van. Keeps him nice and calm during his rounds. Maybe sort of mellow and zen because, <laughs> of, was, all of, the, because of all the stuff that was uh, permeating the it's, household it's, as a it's child. one of these uh, sort of secondary <laughs> corn ferry graduates hey, good uh, on who I think two years ago was basically close to giving it yeah. away. He wasn't mm. making any Scott money. Harrington was runner-up there too, which is a good story. Um, big what, weekend what, in Houston. Um, the Yankees were in town for, uh, oh, yeah, for the course. baseball, and unfortunately yeah. the Astros got done. Mm. Yeah, we don't want the Yankees winning. We, we need them. Not want the Yankees the only good thing about the Yankees winning the ALCS is they, they get to the lose. World Series and they get yeah. beaten. That's the only good thing about that. So we want Jose Altuve at the World Series. We, we like Jose Altuve. We do like him. Did anyone see the Italian Open at all with Bernd Visburger winning? Bogey free final round. That's pretty solid golf. Sixty-five. Yeah, no, that's pretty. And he now goes to the top of the. Uh, race to Dubai rankings, I think. He, he sits number one at that now. So he's putting together an outstanding season. And I don't know if it's just us as Aussies or the timing, but the European Tour is way more interesting oh. because of the flatness of the PGA yep. Tour. They're playing it is. real yeah. events, Italian Opens, National Opens. They're playing on good, interesting golf courses. Yep. And and the players, you feel like you know them a bit yeah, better. Yeah, they're much better fields. And how many to go before the cutoff for the... The, the cards a, and the race and the race there's to the a Dubai couple world. more weeks of mm. regular tour events and then they then they move into the HSBC and then on to Turkey and, mm. and then the race to Dubai so a couple more weeks for people to start their cards so I've got Scott Hen 52 Scrivener 58 Ormsby 72nd Lucas Herbert 106th and I think you recently ran into Lucas uh, Minwoo Min Lee 108th so the top 110 or so get their cards. How does that work? Yeah, so I did. I spent a week with Lucas um, catching up with him because he's one of our Golf Australia rookies at the PM, BMW PGA at Wentworth, which is an amazing event. I'd never been to that before. It's That's basically a major. How impressive field. is that? How impressive is that event? Oh, the, Look great on telly. The, the way they set the place up, the, the golf course is really good. Yeah. It's, it's actually a massive piece of land and really undulating. It's actually not. I mean, it's not Augusta, but it's not dissimilar. It looks quite park. It's, it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's big, but it's a, just a big, big golf course. Yeah, right. Okay, um, yeah. really cool. But Lucas, um, Lucas had an up and down year. He's had some challenges, but um, he's he's really knuckling down at the right end of the season. He mm. he made the cut, um, which was his first one for a couple of weeks in the uh, Italian Open, which um, gave him that little spike to one hundred and six. Uh, and he tells me, and and he'd be right across this stuff that there's. 
eight or nine guys that aren't members of the tour, which pushes out that um, that number to about 118 or 119 that you need to be inside to keep okay. your cards. So um, he's um, he's one one cut away from guaranteed, if not uh, if not already, but but you'd want to ice it. So you have a lot to do with with Herbie. Um, my observation of him, and this is just from a long way away, was that he hasn't had as good a year this year as he had, uh, you know, breakthrough year last year. Uh, and we had the the rules situation. When was that? At the end yes. of end of last year. Yes, like twelve months. Almost. I'm wondering yeah. whether that had an impact on him. Do you think that had an impact, um, a negative impact? On him? I don't think so. I no. I think he's just got had a really really good year last year. It's tough out on tour. Mm. Mm. Um, he's got the challenges that any 22 year old, 23 year old person does when they're on the other side of the world. He misses home, misses his girlfriend. Um, it looks glamorous. All it. <laughs> All these guys and girls' friends want to be them, and they all want to be their friend yeah, right. back home. So they they miss out on all the stuff that their friends are doing. Um, it's not a woe is me at all, but um, it's just tough. And you go through patches where you're not making cuts, and you jump back in the car, and you drive to the airport, and you go to the next place, and and you miss a cut by one, and then you do it again. And that's yeah. just it's just been a battle. But I mean, he's still at the moment keeping his card on the second best tour in the world and the second strongest tour in the world and, uh, and, and doing it with not playing great. So. That, that's a hell of a sign. If he manages to keep his head above water and keeps his card, I, I imagine when he puts the feet up and reflects on the year that he's had, he, he want, we know him well enough to know that he won't be satisfied because he wants to contend and he's a competitor, but he'll be able to take a lot away from oh, absolutely. holding on. And what you say is right, he won't be satisfied, but there'll be a contentment. Yeah, yeah, there that, should be, you know. And there should be, but he's he's got certainly got bigger fish to fry. He is. I'm so impressed with him off course more than on course yeah, okay. uh, with the week we spent. He's just so mature and he, he knows what he wants and he goes and gets it. He's um he's looking at um other options for uh, for caddies and, and okay. there might be might be something going on there. But um he just he just knows where he wants caddies? to be and, Do you and think he knows what he wants. Caddies? I think uh I think he's looking at um a, a new caddy this week potentially, but uh, I'm not sure if that's locked in at this stage. Mm. Somebody who's got some experience in the caper? I suggest okay, right. so, yeah. No worries. Um, we'll continue to watch this space. And Minwoo Lee's the other one who, from a number point of view, is 108, but he's in a different position completely, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so Minwoo is in the same position that Lucas was in last year. And based on those starts you get, you've just got to make it's, it's a bit convoluted, but mm. you've got to make as much money as the person that kept their card last year yep. made, and and, and uh, Min's done that. Yeah, and he had a hell of a week in Korea, didn't he? Like, in terms of the yeah. fluctuations yeah. between third and fourth rounds, which, again, is a great sign to, to be able to put to bed, what he had 81 in the third round, and <sighs> then to put that to bed and come out and shoot 68, 68 yeah. in the final round, that says a lot about We know the kid can play, and we yeah. know he can shoot lights out, like he can make a score. Yeah. But for him to bounce back and, and not get too down about what he did in the third round, that's Yeah, they're actually a, a bit sign. the same, um, Lucas and Minwoo, in the fact that they've just got so much self-belief. Mm. And and they're fortunate that they're those, those athletes that can just park something that didn't go right and and reflect on it later and yeah. not let it bother them. A couple of other results. Um, Matt Kaminsky is going to join us not, uh, not too far away. Dave McKenzie. Yeah, hell yeah. of a result over in where North Carolina. They're playing on the seniors or the champions tour. Prestonwood Country Club, North Carolina. Yeah. He finishes second to Jerry Kelly. I mean, I don't know what he got paid for this, but this we had him in the studio uh, six months ago talking about the, the biggest check he ever made 
and golf was on the Champions Tour. I suspect this will go past that. Yeah, yeah this, this will be... 63 the, last round. Fantastic golf. Mm. And he's found his feet, hasn't he? I mean, he's, he's now competing and beating, competing with and beating some of the biggest names. I know they're all past 50 now, but so is he. Um, yeah, correct. He's beating some good players week in, week out now. Yeah, it just looks like the kind of guy who hasn't declined at all. Like he, he, he just, thing, yeah. he's just playing at the same golfer. level. He's a golfer. Yeah. yeah, he's probably playing the same golf he played when he was forty. He's which a really was good the same point. As when he was thirty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What well, didn't rely on hitting it three hundred and fifty meters. It's all about ball in play. Yep. Good commercial golfer. Yep. Greens in regulation. Has a good yep. putting week and. But he, but he doesn't have bad – it's not like he, his bad weeks now are miscut, miscut, tied too. Yeah. He's really – he's putting together a really consistent yeah. performance profile. And that just brings there. belief, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. So great result for him. Um, Darren Beck, the domestic tour, kicked off the WAPGA at uh, Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Again, this guy's story, I don't know anything about Darren Beck. He's 41. I'm, sh- I'm sure I've never met him, but I remember he won, he won on the Asian tour – I don't know why I know this, but he won about 10 or 11 years 11 ago. 11 years ago it is. That's, Bru- that was his last win. Brunei Open. Mm. And he, I think at the time we're all thinking, he's, he's one of these, he's early 30s, going to be a player, this bloke. And then as you say, Blake, he hasn't won for 10 years. And I think he'd had a couple of wins back to back then. Shoots 39 the front nine the final round here and then comes out and shoots six under the back nine to turn his round mid-round mm. around and get the result. That's, again, fantastic performance for him to dig in and, and go past a whole lot of blokes who'd given him wind burn on the way past in the um, front nine. Yeah, I think I think he shot the worst front nine of the day and the best back nine. Well, there you go. Right, yes. <laughs> Not a bad way to do it. No. Um, I, believe, I believe he had eight putts on the back nine, which is – that's one way to win a tournament. That's, eight. That's going to – that's gonna that's gonna do it for you, yeah. We should get him on. <laughs> he shot thirty on the back nine. We should get him. I'd love to get him on. This I don't know whether not everybody has a story about this sort of stuff, but um, you know, the, you feel like what happened? Yeah. Like he went from two hundred and I had a quick look. I don't know why I was looking at him, but maybe during the tournament, I wonder where his name's been. And he he when he won that tournament in when he won the Brunei Open, he was up to about two hundred and fifty in the world, and. Going into this event, he was it slumped. Well, say slumped. He he sort of slipped down to about twelve hundred, thirteen hundred in the world. So, I'd just like to know what yeah, happened what in that. In what happened time. in that decade? You know, it's a tough. As we know, it's a tough game, and um, there's many tests along the way. Uh, anything else before you get to the first um, break? No, no. There was a good week for Jared Felton. Yes, who, it was. Uh, who obviously was was right amongst it, and um, a good week for a few guys that were making their pro debut. Blake Windred. Dave Michaluzzi. They still got the A. They still got the A alongside his name on the on the on a couple well, of the school. As long as he got paid, he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those three guys made their pro debut and uh, and banked a check, made cuts, which is yep. great. Good on. And a couple of them finished quite high up, which is yeah. Terrific. Blake was inside the top ten, and, and Dave just Michaluzzi was right there yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, right, we're going to break out of the one inside the ropes. Uh, Matt Kaminsky, V Vice President of the PGA, who's got his hands on the reins of the President's Cup, to join us next.
The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews, and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to the show. Uh, always lovely to have one of our great friends at Inside the Ropes join us, particularly when we're getting very close to the commencement of the next President's Cup. Of course, I talk about Matt Kaminsky, Vice President PGA, who's been good enough to join us again. Thanks good for to see me, you. Andy. Good you, to see you. You look remarkably fresh for a man who's got the weight of the golfing world on his shoulders. Oh, we got 55 days. We'll be <laughs> all right. It's no big deal. What's it looking like down there? Oh, it's looking phenomenal. And, uh, you know, uh, Royal Melbourne, definitely from a, a condition standpoint, that golf course has come out of uh, winter really well. And uh, it's only going to get better as we get closer to the event. But um, we just started our build this the beginning of this week. And, um, you know, we're off and running. So we've all been blown away, haven't we? Those of us who have been to a previous incarnation of the President's Cup here in Australia have been – it's a different event. It doesn't – it's bigger. It's just bigger than an Australian Tour event. I'd say it's more than just a golf tournament. It's, it it's, is, and that's a good way of putting yeah. it. So how big will it be compared to previous iterations of it in Australia? Well, I definitely – you know, I did the one in 2011, and yep. uh, we worked together on that. It was um, uh, it was huge. It was bigger than – and one, one thing about the President's Cup, and we, we pride ourselves on is it's uh, and it's it's held true, is it's everyone has been better or bigger than the last, really, when you think about it. And it's just grown strength to strength with every every plane. And um, I would say that this one's probably going to be about 30% bigger than what we did in, in 2011, which is, um, you know, remarkable just to, to, to think about um, – that it's grown that much, but yeah, we're pretty excited. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a testament to how well people receive events here and how much they love the events here in Melbourne and how well they're, they're run and well done. So Matt, for, for the, we've, the three of us have been lucky enough to be, for those who haven't, who are listening mm-hmm. now and haven't been to a president's cup and are thinking about going or are going, have committed to going. what, what, other than seeing great players play right. great golf at a great golf course, what can they expect? What's the stuff around the event that they can expect? Well, and that's to the things that you know we we you know once the players get here and the best players in the world are playing, you know we've got um, you know the two of the greatest captains, but then you just go down the list of the you know I think the one through fifteen are all on the U.S. team right now. You know yeah. when you think about it, and um, uh, and the, and the greats of the game are playing on both sides, but. Um, what we can control is really the things that happen outside the ropes and uh, the experience that our that our patrons have, that our spectators, uh, both general public and hospitality have. And um, you're going to come out and you know, um, you know, grandstands pretty much on every hole. You've got eight eight to nine thousand grandstand seats around the property. Um, first hole alone is going to have upwards of sixteen hundred to seventeen hundred grandstand seats uh, that overlooks the eighteenth as well. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a little uh, section that overlooks the fourth hole. Um, uh, you go around. There's 21 uh, video boards that'll be around the property, so you can you can keep up with the action around the around the course and all the stuff that's happening. But one thing that is pretty cool, our fan village, uh, where the main entrance is, it's going to be over there at uh, Sandringham Golf Club, which is right across uh, Cheltenham Road from from Royal Melbourne, and that's our main entrance. Um, can uh, think of the Grand Slam Oval at the at the AO mm. at uh, the tennis. 
uh, and what that's become, um, you know, with, with a lot of food and beverage and merchandise and uh, act- activations and activities for, for anybody, you know, kid zone. And those are things that we'll have at the President's Cup as, as you come on site. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, our, when I say it's grown 30 percent, we were max of about 25,000 on one day. On our max day in 2011, we're probably going to be upwards about 35,000 this time. So, yeah. um, And then we're also open eight days as opposed to just a yep, six-day six week. Yeah. 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 We got the Junior President's Cup. We've got uh, the Sable Golf Cup that we announced last week. So all these things that are happening during the week of the event. So thanks for making the effort to come in, Matt. Uh, did you bring an exclusive with you? Are you going to tell us where the Tiger's playing? Because <laughs> I, I'm going to say that you you would love a dollar for every time you've been asked that in the few last Well, that and one other question too, but uh, we would probably get that one asked as well. Um, and, I, and I can tell you right now, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I know that uh, for a fact that you know Tiger's goal from from the beginning when he when he named himself as uh, or when he when he became captain uh, was to be a playing captain. Uh, he, you know, he found out his question: Has there ever been a playing captain? He found out Hale Irwin in the first year. Uh, he said, "Well, I want to be a playing captain mm. as well." You know, and uh, that goal hasn't changed. Uh, I know he wanted to make it on merit. He wanted to make it in the top eight. Um, but uh, you know, it, it all depends on how well he's how well he's feeling health wise and stuff. Um, you know, I think he's playing. Next week uh, in the Zozo Championship in that first uh, our first PJ Tour event in, in Japan, um, we'll see how he goes. And uh, if I, I would I'd have to say that everybody on that team though on that U.S. team, you, know, you look at it, um, the greatest golfer of of our generation yeah. of, of this generation, um, and the and the one that they most of those guys on the team started playing golf because of, they probably want him to play on that team. You know, they want to be able to have that opportunity to play with Tiger Woods. Uh, much, you know, but they're excited about him being the captain. But they're probably pushing him to, hey, you need to play. He, he wouldn't need to play every match either. No, no he wouldn't. No. Obviously, he has to play on the last day in the singles, but he can kind of work himself through that, can't he? He absolutely could. Um, he could play Thursday. He could play Saturday morning, or he could sit out a day. Whatever he wanted to do. But mm. uh, it'll be interesting. And I think you know everybody would be turning in on tuning in on that uh, November eighth when when we do make that announcement. Can you put a percentage on it? What Tiger playing <laughs> as opposed to Tiger just being the the non playing captain? What what does that do to crowds, TV uh, numbers? What what does that do? Uh, uh, clearly, it's a it's a big spike. Oh, look, I mean, you know. Tiger in the game is, you know, the game is better off when Tiger's in it um, and definitely better off when he's playing. Um, so, you know, you know, people do tune in and people uh, watch more when when he's there, when he's involved. And um, having him play would be ph- phenomenal. Um, but, uh, you know, having him just coming here and, and, and supporting and, and leading, they'll see him in a different light. Yeah, know, so absolutely. Than, yeah. And uh, he revels in that. And he's, he's, I think he revels just as much being a captain as he does, you know, playing. So, I mean, he's... He's focused on being a captain. He's 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 taking it very seriously. Um, you know, he's been just phenomenal with our team and working with him in everything that he has to do as a captain. Uh, he's yeah. been um, so engaged, and I think we've talked about it before, Martin and Andy. You know, it's uh, it, we didn't have to ask him to be captain. He asked us. Yeah. He he reached out to us and you know offered up the the opportunity to be. You know, he said, "How, how about me?" Yeah. Um, so it's so. pretty spe- it's pretty significant too, isn't it? That this will be the last time I think we get to see him play. In in Australia, I don't think we're going to get to see him compete in Australia again. Something may happen that will alter that, but the chances are that this could be the Australian golf community's opportunity to say farewell to him as a player. Which, if that overlays the competitiveness of the President's Cup in and of itself, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty special opportunity that golf fans down here have to say thanks. Yeah, without know. a doubt. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think. Tiger just—he's going to come no matter what. So I mean, I think mm. the first thing that 
I, we got when when Tiger didn't make the tour champ, didn't make the team. We got a lot of calls basically saying, "Oh, Tiger's not coming now." I was like, "No, that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. always going to be here. He's going to be here uh, leading leading the team no matter what. It's mm-hmm. just whether or not he chooses to play." And you know that'll be you know um, a discussion that he has after Zozo probably with with his captain's assistants and a lot of the guys on the team. But ultimately, it'll end up being his mm. his call. So uh, I'd love to see him play, but also love to see what he's doing as a captain as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, it's actually the beauty of this event. You've got a golf course that people want to come and see without any golf being played on it. And no. then you've got a guy that people want to come and watch, even if he doesn't tee it up. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing, right? That's you're not allowed to play, but yeah. <laughs> you might not even see the game. <laughs> so I reckon that's a cool thing. It is a very good um, thing. What have you heard about other captains' picks and, and other likely uh, players on both teams? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because you know, from, from the U.S. side, you know, Tiger's got all eight of the guys uh, – that are on the team, barring one, um, uh, that are playing in the hero event, uh, the week before. Um, uh, and, and then there's quite a few that are in that field that could be captain's pick. So when you look at Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, uh, Gary Woodland, all guys on the list. And then you just go down the guys that are playing well now with Kevin Na, who just, just won last week. And, um, uh, you know, and then there might be the, the Matt Wolf or the, you know, the young guys that are that are starting to play even better mm. as well. So um, it's going to be interesting to see see what he does. And then, and then also you throw in, you know, Phil Mickelson as a, you know, sentimental pick in a sense if he plays well this week in, in uh, Korea. and Hasn't missed um, a U.S. team for 24 years. It's amazing, isn't it? 24 years. Yeah. I read that. That, that, that You think about that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. It's phenomenal. Well, he hasn't been outside the top 50 in the world in <laughs> how many years? Long you know, time, same yeah. amount of time as well. Yeah. So um, he's had an amazing run, and uh, it'll be real interesting to see what happens, you know, even beyond him picking himself if he, you know, goes goes another route with one of those other guys. And then from an Ernie side, um, Ernie's, you know, this time from the from when the cutoff was until now probably makes the decision a lot harder because they start seeing these other guys play so well, you know. Uh, Sung JM was always on the list, but I mean, coming back this past weekend and you know, from seven shots back and winning in, in Korea is pretty phenomenal. And yeah. that, that uh, sets a tone. And you know, uh, Ben On still, uh, you know, a look for, for Ernie and yeah, uh, Neiman uh, winning on the PGA Tour. And he's got on a list. It's, it's going to be um, a tough one. Do you have a date for those captain's picks? I haven't seen that before. Yeah, so that hasn't come out yet. Early but December. Yeah, and well, it'll be uh, early uh, November when that is. And I think it'll be towards the latter part of that. that um, that cup week, you know, some, I think, uh, around the 7th, 8th of that time that we'll announce those picks. Do you do you like the multinational look of this international team this year? Oh, with it, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a great – we've been talking a yeah. lot about the fact that, you know, there might be – you get a Chilean gets into the team mm-hmm. and there might be – you know, well, we've got the first Chinese player on the on the team, the first uh, player from Mexico, and Abraham Answer, and the, the you know returning champion to the Australian Open. So yeah. it's uh, pretty exciting that he's uh, coming back to defend and then play in the Presidents Cup. Um, you've got all the, these these young kids that grew up, started playing golf because of these two men, probably yeah. Tiger and Ernie, and and they're they just they're so excited to make the team. When Abraham Answer at the beginning of the year, when he said, "My goal is to make the Presidents Cup team." And then my my second biggest goal is, you know, I want to make the Olympics. You know, mm. so those are his, you know, he didn't say major championship. He said President's Cup and Olympics. So that's that's pretty cool in golf for a young kid that, you know, to, to say that. And um, But the multinational, you know, golf is such a global game. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the, the uh, representation on the international team shows that. Sure. So to you, because, you, you, you know, you put a lot of your time and energy into this event down here. When you hear that, and I, I was going to sort of bring that up as a chat point for a lot of us, but... The more you've been reading about the pre- the build up and the lead up to this year's pre- the more you've noticed, or I've noticed, players saying, 
referencing the President's Cup team, and it's been with more frequency than I can remember that, that players have been referencing the president. We hear mm-hmm. them all the time talking yeah. about Ryder Cup. Yeah. That's my, but, but is it my imagination or have we all been seeing more of that in the last 12 months? I agree. Months? And it, maybe it has something to do with the wraparound tour and the fact that um, all those majors ended a little earlier than normal. And, um, and there's some guys that are sitting out at the moment that are waiting for this president's cup. Right. No, no. And I think that's, that's the case. I think, you know, the event, it's pretty young. You know, when you That's think right, about it, yeah. you, know, I, I, um, you know, the thing that the, the Ryder Cup more so than anything has in the President's Cup is, is history. And you can't you can't fake history. You can't make history. You can only just, you know, continue to play and hopefully get better with every play. And, um, you know, but it's you, you look at the young guys that are on this team now, too. They grew up watching both events and seeing both events, you know, in the early stages. It was new for the for the Phil Mickelson's, the Tiger Woods, the. All they knew was the Ryder Cup. Yeah, yeah. And this is a new event. Here we go. And for the even for the international guys, it was new. And so, but these young guys that are on the team now grew up with that opportunity and knowing that they could make that team. Mm-hmm. So that's that's I think that's what you, a big part of it. Um, yeah. Also, the two captains. Um, you know, I think Ernie's done an unbelievable job with the international team, and you know, um, uh, re- rebranding that and reestablishing that um, for, for the guys. You know, with that new Shield logo and. Um, yeah. you know, which has a meaning that we don't know the, the true meaning behind it. Cause he's only sharing that with the team. And that's, that's, you know, that, I love that, that. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. And yeah. I think the players rub on that too. Could this be the first president's cup where the events older than some of the representatives? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you can see that, you know, man, I it think probably, our average, yeah. yeah, I mean, it probably is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Could be. I mean, yeah. the first event in 1994, you know, so we're 25 years on, you know. It's, yeah, Cam Smith, um, 25. Yeah, getting close. Yeah, getting yeah. close, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of, I mean, when you look at that team, there's a lot of a lot of rookies on, on both sides yeah. um, for the President's Cup. You mentioned before just one new element to it, the Disabled President's mm-hmm. Cup, which was announced last week. Yeah. Why is that important? Why, why is the diversification um, important and for it to be attached to an event like the President's well, I think, Cup? you know, one big thing for us, um, uh, inclusion's you know big. I mean, yep. inclusion in, in any sport, and it should be uh, for any for any league to do that. But from from the Presidents Cup standpoint, uh, it really was built off the heels of what we did last year with the World Cup here, um, and on the heels of what what um, Golf Australia and uh, the team did with um, uh, the All Abilities Championship at the Australian Open. Um, we had the, the first ISPS handed disabled golf cup at um, at the World Cup. Last year, ISPS Hand has come on as a charitable partner for the uh, for the event this year um, uh, here in Australia, and uh, it was just it just made sense and, and to do something. Uh, guys were coming down again to do it at the Australian Open, and what's exciting is it's going to be six players from an international or a world team, and then six players from Australia, yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we're going to have our first female playing uh, as well. Uh, and, and so it's 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 going to be great, and it just it just uh, puts a, a spotlight on um, on those those uh, men and women that um, have the ability to come out and play yeah. just like anybody else. And yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. That's great. Um, t- when do, when do tickets, have you got any kind of sense for ticket sales at this stage? Yeah, Is ticket, it too, I mean, ticket too sales, early or no, not? no, not no. at all. I mean, we, what, when we went on sale and in April, um, good, good hit. And it's been yep. consistent all the way along. Uh, you know, I think people are, uh, excited about all the different elements that are coming, but obviously, you know, Tiger Woods and, and the, the U.S. team. That's you can't think of the just the collection of golfers that are coming for this event. You know, twenty four of the best in the world that are going to play. Yeah. Uh, two amazing captains and the captains' assistants too. And you just look at it; you just don't get that collection. You might get one or two in a 
in a field that down here in Australia you just won't get 24. No. And so um, that's pretty exciting. But um, they've ticked over pretty well, and I think we'll have a big uptick once once the final teams are announced yeah. in the beginning of November. And um, it's funny that the, the cycle or the how it works here in, in Melbourne, you know, the event, the, the major events that happen year on year, annual events are set. So you kind of run with that cadence, and you know, you, you see the uh, the buying pattern happen. Um, up and down kind of thing when it comes to when footy starts, when yeah, racing carnival yeah, starts, yeah, yeah. you know, yep. people start focusing on it. But uh, it's, I mean, we're, we're tracking really well and it's uh, its a little bit ahead of what, definitely ahead of what we were in 2011. We're going to get great weather. So, you know, we know I think we will. Like, yeah. Guaranteed in Melbourne. <laughs> Absolutely. So there'll be a huge amount of people turn up. Uh, Matt, good luck. Thank Continue you so much, good Andy. Luck. No, we, thank you very much. We, I appreciate we, it, guys. And, uh, anybody just, you know, this is something that you're not going to want to miss, you know, whether you're a golf fan and get a lot of people that say, well, I don't play golf. I ask them, do you ride a horse? Do you play footy? <laughs> do you play tennis? And some <laughs> of them like, no, but you go to all these events and you enjoy it because it's an event and it's, it's something fun to go see and something different. I mean, there's no better thing than to go out on a day like today and, you know, walk around a golf course and, you know, Maybe watch some golf or just enjoy. Well, that's being amazing. Out there. That's amazing about these live sites yeah. now. too, the additional sites that are attached. Mm. People go to the AO Open site, and they don't see a ball get hit. No, they can have a great see day. A band playing. Yep, they yeah. can get some food. They, they can watch some. They don't, they don't need to go out mm. to the courts and see a ball get hit live. They can sit in a deck chair, take it in on the big screens, yeah. enjoy the kind of festive nature of it all. And I'm sure. Um, that's exactly the feel that, that we'll be thing. getting. Yeah. You know, we'll have the also. You know, you look at. I said it's an eight day thing. You've got the Junior Presidents Cup happening on the the Sunday Monday before. And, yeah, that'd be huge. You know, that's the future of the game. Yeah, those young men that are going to play in that field are you know put on a great display of of golf and led by you know Stuart Appleby and Justin Leonard and Carl um, Phillips is playing. Yeah, Carl Phillips. You get yeah, and yeah. you get um, uh, one of the best uh, young players yeah. in the country. And Josh Greer, that's mm, you Josh know, Greer the, as, well. So yeah. as well. So he made it in the last spot on the international yeah. team. So it's 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 gonna that's gonna be phenomenal. You can come out for for ten dollars to come and watch those yeah, guys on, on Sunday morning. The President's Cup, Andy, is like a, it's fundamentally a celebration of golf, mm, without really, a doubt. Because we don't. It's not the Ryder Cup uh, where you have this this ferocious sort of rivalry and history. Um, so it doesn't have that, but it has something else. It's it's kind of you know the crowds. I, know Mark, I heard Mark Leishman talking about this a while back, and he said he hoped the crowds kind of get on the American players. And I thought afterwards, well, that's not, not really going to happen, I don't think. I think the crowds will come out to see Dustin Johnson play. They'll come and, you know, not just Tiger either. It's, yeah, yeah, know, absolutely. Any of those American players are going to be, you know, they'll get plenty of support yeah. as well. And then you get, you know, the international team, they'll get behind them as well. I remember last time in 2011, the the fanatics being mm. behind the first tee and they had this song going about KT Kim. I think it was um, a Korean player, but um, you know, they'll, they'll get right into it. No, and, and, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, what we, I know that's what Ernie wants to see is he doesn't want to see. And, and Adam Scott's talked about it a lot is yeah, not about bashing the U S players. It's about supporting the internationals mm. and getting behind that team and being that 13th man, so to speak you know, outside the ropes and, and cheering on that international team. So hopefully that does happen, and I think that'll be great. But, you know, definitely cheer on good shots, but maybe cheer on that international team a little bit I'm more. I'm sure we'll speak to you between now and the first ball. I hope so. Truck. I'd Thanks come in any time. Good on you. Matt Kaminsky, the a man from the PGA, VP of the BHR, who's in charge of the President's Cup, joining here on Inside the Ropes. More to come after this. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. 
My Golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to the show. Uh, lovely to have you with us, Matt Kaminsky. Always great to have him on the show. We're all about, um, one of the things we're about here on Inside the Ropes, encouraging people to get out and play the game. And uh, there's a lot of people in the game who are doing likewise. Karen Lunn, who is the CEO of the ALPG, ALPG uh, is one of those. And there's a bunch of clinics that they've been conducting for a number of years now that are all about um, getting women out on the golf course and engaged in the game. And Karen Lund's been good enough to join us to tell us about one that's coming up at Yarra Yarra. Hi, Kaz, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. How are you? Lovely to have you with us. Um, tell us, just tell, take us through what's going on at Yarra Yarra on the 28th and, and tell us how people can get involved. Yeah, so we've got one of our national uh, women's golf clinics being held on the 28th out at uh, the magnificent Yarra Yarra Golf Course. Um, I guess to give you a bit of background to the clinics, we started them in um, in 2014 with a view to promoting our um, women coaches. There's a, a bunch of our female coaches out there that are absolutely fantastic and um, I guess to help promote them and help them to promote their own businesses. And the feedback we've had from the women that have attended the clinics has been absolutely fantastic. You know, they a lot of them enjoy being taught by females, which they don't have the opportunity to do that often, even though that is slowly changing. Um, we're get, getting more and more females becoming in club pros um, and working in golf clubs, which is obviously fantastic for women's golf. Uh, and I think a big part of it as well, the, the morning part of the session, um, they get uh, tuition from the coaches in all areas of the game. So they'll be, um, it'll be the full swing, they'll get um, tuition in the bunker, chipping, putting, and then they can get to go on the track man and have a look at the technical side if they want to. So I guess typically when you go for a golf lesson, you usually just go mainly for your swing or mainly for your putting. But, but with these clinics, you get to experience uh, and learn all facets of the game, which, you know, for those of us who have played it, we all know that, you know, you, you have to be so good at so many different things to play golf. So I think, uh, yeah, they've been really popular. The feedback's been great. Um, it's a great networking opportunity as well for the women that go. Um, it's all a very relaxed format. Um, we have a nice breakfast for the women. Um, then they go out on the um, to, to do the uh, the practice facilities, to do all the things that I've just mentioned. Uh, they have a nice lunch um, and a little bit of chat, and then they go out on the golf course in the afternoon. So so um, for those of the women that choose to go out and play in the afternoon of the clinic, um, they'll be playing the, the recently renovated um, Yarra Yarra Golf Club, which is just looking absolutely magnificent. So, uh, yeah, it's a great day out. Uh, and like I said, we've had great feedback from the women that have attended the, uh, the clinics, which we've had all over Australia now for the past four years. Are we talking about amateurs, Karen? Uh, sorry, amateurs. Are yeah. we talking about uh, beginners is what I meant to say? Yeah, yeah, they're probably not tailored as much for beginners as they are people that are already playing golf at some level, although beginners are welcome. Um, you know, so if, if you're a woman out there that wants to bring your friend um, along who perhaps hasn't tried golf that much before, it's a great opportunity to actually learn all of the facets of the game in a group setting, which is probably not quite as intimidating as going for a one-on-one -on -one lesson. So like I said, you know, they're, they're a really fun day. They're, uh, you know, they're not that serious, even though you know, the women that go get a lot out of the game. We're going to have our female coaches as well doing video tips, which will be uh, sent across to all of the women that participate, which is great because obviously when you're going to one of these sessions, you know, you're learning all this new stuff and you're trying to remember it in your head. So they'll actually get a video of um, all of the things they've learnt from the day, which will, will hopefully be really valuable to them. Does the average woman prefer to be uh, given instruction by another woman or would they prefer to have a male pro or what are your thoughts on um, that? I think it's... 
I think it's probably mixed, but I think um, a lot of the women that we've talked to that have been to the clinics have really have never been taught by a woman a woman pro before, and they've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some that prefer to be taught by men. Obviously, there's a lot of great male teachers out there as well, but I think a lot of the women do prefer to be to be taught the skills by a woman. So, um, and I think I think part of the day again is is it's just a very kind of light-hearted day. It's not super serious, and there's not a lot of pressure. Um, you know, women's I think in, I hate to generalise, but I will hear that they they want to enjoy the golf. Where the, I think the male golfer is typically more competitive, whereas the women want to go out there and they want to have a nice experience. They want to hang out with their friends, uh, and I think this is why there's so there's so many of these models, the the nine and wine and chip and sip and all those sort of things have been really popular to get to get women out on the golf course. They want they want it to be a social occasion as much as a golf um, event. Now, Karen, you've been around the game forever, former touring pro and all that sort of stuff. What's happening at grassroots level with women's participation, do you think? What, what are you seeing there? Because at the moment, Golf Australia's got the, Golf, the Vision 2025 program running, which you know we're, we're very pleased about, and, and hopefully it's going to have a, a, an effect down the track, I suppose, in the longer term. But what do you see happening? Because we saw the numbers come out last year where I think only just on 20% of... Uh, Golfers in Australia are female, which is way too low, I think. So, what do you what do you see happening out there at the grassroots? Do you think it's changing? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot happening. Um, I think that, as you said, with Vision 2025, there's been a lot of um, energy and and funding put into that side of the game, which was was definitely needed. Um, we're not going to see these results straight away, and everyone knows that. That's why it's Vision 2025. It, it's we're not going to change the world and change the culture of golf in this country overnight. And I think that's a big part of it is is changing the culture of the clubs. And, and obviously Shiloh's done a great job in, in the road shows that she's done with uh, Dave Galicio from Golf Australia as well, um, going around to clubs in Australia and, and, you know, showing them the models that are working. Um, obviously now you have the human rights guidelines as well, which they have to adhere to, uh, which is obviously a big change to, to a lot of golf clubs. But I think, again, changing the culture is not going to happen overnight. But, you know, we have the My Golf uh, program, which is obviously working really well, and the My Golf Girls side of that, I think... Uh, I think it's around 27%. I don't know if anyone there can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was around about 20, 27% of those are girls, which is obviously great. That's better than the average of, of as you say, 20% women that are members of clubs are out there playing golf. So, yeah, there's a lot of work needed to be done. Um, and certainly these clinics that, that we've been doing, that's all a part of that. But obviously it's getting women out. It's getting girls out on the golf course, getting them comfortable in the environment that they're in so it's not intimidating, so it can be fun for them, so they can play with their friends um, in a relaxed and comfortable comfortable and safe environment for them um, you know that that's really really important for young girls so and we have so much competition now we have so many different sports available to young girls which is obviously fantastic with AFL and cricket and and I wish that that those options were available for me when uh, when yeah. I was you know a young kid growing up in the country I love my cricket I love my footy and we had to play with the boys if we wanted to play that was the only option but it was never ever a pathway um, to higher levels of competition or to do it you know as a profession so um, while that's absolutely fantastic to have those different pathways to other sports. Um, golf really, really needs to do our bit. Otherwise, we're going to get left behind. And I think that, you know, certainly I think the Golf Australia, the PGA and ourselves are all working um, closely together on all of these um, different concepts to, to make sure we're all doing our job because it's uh, it's going to be very, very easy for us to get left behind. Having seen Laura Davies play cricket, uh, I reckon that the, the, the current day cricket is very lucky that she's probably a little bit... Uh, past playing cricket for for England but she's she was extremely good 
Karen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, you know, I just spent a lot of time on on tour before the internet and um, before you had you know television from every country where you, in the hotels you were staying. We used to be always out playing cricket. All of us. There was a bunch of us that, if we could find a park, the, the stumps were up, and um, you know we'd play till dark uh, on a lot of occasions. So yeah, I think it was a, it's, it's a big pastime for the English and the Aussies. Karen, uh, just this week, Stacey Peters, uh, Dean Kinney, and myself have been introducing the Victorian High Performance Program to a number of female coaches. There's there's a gap here for sure and not enough female coaches in our system and uh, and the uptake there's been really good so far. So great to hear that uh, that these things are happening. Which coaches will be uh, be there on the day at Yarra Yarra? Yeah, I'm not sure if actually we've confirmed the coaches. Obviously, Lee Harrington, who's our Director of De- Development, um, Lee's a very fine coach in her own right. Um, she'll be running the day and she'll be coaching. Um, not exactly sure who she's got um, locked in to do the coaching as yet, but I know it'll be some of our um, fantastic coaches probably based in Victoria, of which there are many. Karen, if people are interested, how do they get involved? Yeah, so you can just go to our website, www.alpg.com.au, um, go on the tab that says clinics, and uh, that'll that'll send you to the uh, the sign up sheet. So uh, yeah, you know, if there's any women out there that uh, that want to come along to the clinic, have a great day out, learn a lot about golf in a fun environment, meet some uh, some like minded women. It's a great opportunity. A couple of just before we let you go, there are a couple of eyebrows raised around the place, and uh, a couple of hackles raised uh, as well. Hazy got pretty fired up on the show last week about Hannah Green not being in contention at the Sport Australia Hall of Fame Awards last week for. The Donna would have been a hard one to win, but but most of us around this table think that she should have been in the mix to be considered. Did you get did you get a bit fired up when you didn't see her name in the mix? Yeah, I was a bit fired up. I think um, I think a lot of people probably were when you look at uh, you know when Adam won the Masters, he actually won the Don Award. When Jason won the PGA, he won the Don Award mm. as well. So uh, I think for Hannah not to be uh, nominated was really disappointing. But I think again, it shows. Um, I think while in golf, we we engage our golf fans really well. Um, I think outside of golf, there's some work that needs to be done. Um, You know, we know the the limited um, exposure that women athletes get in the media. And I think that, you know, somehow we need to find a way to crack that um, mainstream media, not just the golf media. Um, Because, you know, at the end of the day, if if the selection panel didn't know that Hannah had achieved this and it wasn't written about enough and when you compare it to Ash Barty and what she did um they're not gonna they're not gonna vote for her you know from what I understand that process that it wasn't actually a nomination process it was the the committee actually just decide on the finalists and and yes I can't believe they they were I can't believe they wouldn't know that she did it um yeah it was actually it was actually on the front pages of the newspapers at the time on the day when she did it I thought it got a a huge run it's a massive oversight Karen I reckon it's a you guys in Melbourne, so you get you, you you get much better coverage down there than we do anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really disappointing. It was disappointing for her and for you know, fans of the game here in Australia. I reckon it was. Uh, I think. Oh, I, I I th- yeah, I reckon they'd admit they made a bit of a blue, and it was a, a bit of a bit of an oh, a gross oversight, really. At the end of the day, um, let's make oh, sure I, I to get. Hey. <laughs> I said you'd like to think that they would actually admit that now. Yeah. That it probably was a gross oversight. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't think the golfers in general in, in that um, 
in that Sporting Hall of Fame, if you look at the number of golfers that are in there and are recognised, it's not that many. Um, mm. So, you know, perhaps as, as golfers, we don't get as good of a run as some other sports. But no, no, it's hugely disappointing. And, and especially for Hannah, you know, she's had an incredible season and, and uh, you know, she's going to be there in the Olympics with probably with Minji next year. And uh, they've both had... They've both had great seasons, and even for Minji, not to be nominated as well. You know, forget Hannah won a major. Minji's, you know, in the top. She's been in the top three in the world all year. She's dropped a little bit now, but certainly her performances on the LPGA tour, um, you know, could could you know see her being nominated also. Well, let's might make sure. Forget, might forget you on the uh, judging panel. Uh, let's Karen. make sure next time. <laughs> next time we're all in this situation. Let's just make sure we raise our voices a, a little louder next time and make sure that we're all heard because it uh, it, it deserves to. Hey, can we better get a wriggle on? Thanks for joining us. Good luck at Yarra on the 28th and continued success with those clinics and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Good on you. So hopefully that tournament, that hope, I'll start again. Hopefully that event at Yarra goes absolutely magnificently. I'm sure it will. A couple of little bits and pieces before we wrap it up. Um, Rory Sabatini, have you seen the story going around with him? No, he's wants, got the new flag. He wants to be the first player ever, and he's playing good golf again, Sabatini. He wants to be the first man ever to play both uh, President's Cup for the Internationals and Ryder Cup for the Europeans. He married a Slovakian woman. He's now taken up Slovakian citizenship and is playing well enough. He's had a conversation with, with Paddy Harrington. He's playing well enough, he reckons, to get himself into European Ryder <laughs> Cup contention, Rory Sabatini. Well, it's just, Andy, that you've got to be in the team room with him. And I, I'm not sure that he's that popular. Oh, really. hello. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What do you know? Former mm. South African, obviously. That's how he got his President's Cup start. Correct. Yep. Mm. Correct. So he does what, use a yellow ball. That's not ideal. There's a few doing it, so we wish him all the rest. Phil, some of the mathematics involved are far too onerous for my brain to cope with, but there is a chance, a mathematical chance, that Phil Mickelson could slide outside the world top 50 for the first time in a long time this week. Just ponder these numbers. He's been inside the top. We mentioned with Matt Kaminsky before, 24 years he's been in US teams. Uh, if he doesn't make the President's Cup, that streak will break. He's been inside the world top 50 for 1,351 weeks. In that stretch, <laughs> he, was, he was number two in the world for 271 weeks. So sitting behind Tiger. He's been 787 weeks inside the world top 10. So that 1,351-week stretch of being inside the world top 50 is under some duress uh, at the moment with Phil Mickelson. So we'll watch that. And... Just another one, and this will make Mike Clayton happy and others who love their dogs. Ah, uh, yes. Rory, Royal yeah. Adelaide. They've done it again. They've done it again. The dog day. The dog day. So what happens, Andy? They bring, they're allowed to bring down their yeah, dogs. Members the allowed... There was a photo on social media, wasn't it? There was. The dogs are... There's, Fantastic there's gonna... idea. Yeah. Why, why more clubs pick this up? I have no idea. We've spoken about it before. We have. Yeah. Well-being. Take, I mean, get the man and woman, get the mum and the dad, whoever, get the husband, wife, whoever. Get them out on the course with their dog. What can possibly be wrong with that? Provided the dog doesn't do anything stupid in bunkers and no, you pick you up have, after him. You've got the you train know? to contend with too at Royal Adelaide. So you, want oh, him, you want him on a leash. That's unless he's <laughs> got good road sense. Yeah. Uh, so well done, Royal Adelaide. We recognise what you're doing and we applaud you enormously. Anything else before we wrap it up? Yeah, I'm just going to put cuts to the test of uh, the next big amateur event while I do these. But uh, David Bagust, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I'm sorry, David. I, I did speak to you. During the week, David Bagust won the Australian Men's Senior 
amateur this week at Maruchi River. He's an IT consultant, runs an internet service provider uh, in Port Macquarie. He's from Port Macquarie Golf Club. And the night, the night he slept on the lead uh, on the second night of three. It was 54. Sorry, uh, yeah, 54 holes, slept on the lead. Yeah. Uh, calls back into work in Port Macquarie the, the night before and all the servers have gone down. So uh, all of his customers, are, you know, he said he went from the worst day in his life to the to the best. So he, he'd never won it before. He's only played one Australian senior, senior amateur before and he, he got the chocolates beating people like uh, Gordon Clanny who, from Victoria who won it last year. So yeah. that that's one. Um, now... This happened to Jesper Parnovic in a European Seniors, I think it was, event over the weekend. He had a very short putt for par, I think mm. on a par four. It hooped out and hit him on the shoe uh, and just stopped there. <laughs> what do you do next to you? What, so what he did was that he walked around and he tapped it in and he got a two-shot penalty for that. Yeah. What would you do if it hit you on the foot? I don't know. It's never happened to me. I know the ball foot. I'd probably miss the hole, so it wouldn't. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure most people would just tap it in because it stopped, you know, it hit his foot and then stopped an inch from the hole. He tapped it in. He then got a two-shot penalty because he played from the wrong place. He should have replaced Replaced it where it it was. Oh, okay. And and replayed it. Yeah. So he ended up having a seven. So that was a good little one. (laughs) And uh, the only other thing I'd mention, while cuts while you think of this big, the the next big amateur event or whatever that's coming up, but... uh, in Europe today, they announced a mixed event for next year. It's the Scandinavian Mixed, it's called. Um, right. It's Fantastic. hosted by Annika Sorenstam and Henrik Stenson, being the two great Swedish uh, players. Um, look, it's just copying. These people, are, they're just working off the Vic Open, aren't great. they? Great. Fantastic. More more uh, of it. They're actually playing in the same competition. So there's one trophy. Great. You know, I, I don't know how they do that in terms of tees. They haven't actually... Announced that, but it's for I think one and a half million euro for the same money. And the men and the women co- competing against one part, another. Uh, yes. Oh, great. And great. it's part of it's part of the ladies' European tour. So it goes to Order of Merit and it goes to race to Dubai and it's got world ranking points, which I think that's basically oh, a first. Be, that will a couple be. of a uh, couple of pretty heavy backers there. Mm. Yeah, that'll be hell. That'll be worth watching. What's Maddie, the what's the why are you putting him under pressure right at the end? What question? Just give, give something. What question? Have you got a question? What's the What's the next big amateur event coming? Uh, the Capera Bowl actually kicks off today. Oh, this week. Up yeah, at, uh, that's a men's Capera event. Capera Golf Club in uh, in Queensland. Yep. Home of longstanding home of Matt Dowling, home of John Sendon. John Sendon, there yep. you go. Yep, Matt Dowling, Mr. Titleist. Um, mm. Kicks off today. Great. Um, with a bunch of a uh, bunch of players from around the country, but that's a longstanding national ranking event. Um, Anything then, overseas coming up? No, nothing overseas. There's some Australian mm. representative. Uh, Events in the next month or so. How's your fan club going? Dead and buried. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought so. It's probably summertime. We're time we ramp that up, I reckon, once once again. Uh, anything else? No. We're done. Uh, lovely to see you. you Don't be stranger. Eddie Good Betts back at Carlton. We're happy with that, aren't we? We're yes, happy with that. Very happy. Good to see you, Gazelle. Hopefully your footy Great team can you. do a deal between now and then. Thanks for tuning Thank in. It's been Inside the Robes back next week to do it all again.